Greetings, Trivia Churches. Greetings to those joining us from elsewhere. This is Colin. We have our podcast for yet another harvest service, but we have harvested more battle this week, followed by our harvest lunch. Next week, things will get back to normal again with services at Yetaman War Battle. Elders are reminded we're having a, a photograph of the, the session this Sunday at half past ten, so should be there. And some sad news, Joyce Burns passed away and her funeral would be at Linton on Monday the 23rd of October at a quarter to one. Our call to worship. In deep gratitude, we come to worship God. We recognise God as the source of all goodness. All good gifts come from the Spirit of God. Love and peace and joy and patience, kindness are all of God. We come with grateful hearts to show our gratitude in song and praise. And our first hymn is 230. We've been having various Harvest hymns, this is Praise God for the Harvest. Thanks to Heather and Gordon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather here today in this harvest season, we come before you with hearts full of thanksgiving and joy. We recognize that this season is testament to your providence and the abundance of your creation. As we open our harvest celebration, we come with hearts open to your presence. We're grateful for the rich blessings you bestowed upon us, the fruits of the earth that grace our tables, the fellowship of friends and family gathered. Thank you for the changing seasons, for the cycle of planting and harvesting, and for the lessons they teach us of patience and faith and abundance. May we always be mindful of your presence in every aspect of our lives. And so we ask your guidance and your blessing. May this event be a time of joy and gratitude and reflection. Help us to remember the hard work of those who have laboured in the fields, the dedication of farmers and gardeners, 
the miracle of growth that you've ordained. And let us share not only in the bounty of the land, but also in the warmth of friendship and the bonds of love. Forgive us for our ingratitude and our complacency. And help us to be good stewards of the earth and mindful of those who do not have enough. May the season of plenty remind us to share with others, to seek your guidance in all that we do. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4. We read from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in, in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. We turn to Matthew 22. We've been going through all these the parables in Matthew. And now we come to chapter 22. Jesus spoke to them in the parable saying, the kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. He sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been slaughtered. Everything's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, ill-treated them, and killed them. And the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited do not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. The wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he said, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up 
and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Amen. And God bless these readings from God's holy word. Oh, praise to God's name. And we now have the song Monarch and Maker. And let us pray. Lord of the harvest, bless the labours of our hands and hearts, and bless the fruit of our cooperation. Awaken us to your longing for a different world, where all are welcomed and valued and appreciated. Give us grace to discern your presence in one another, that together we may come to your eternal harvest of your grace. Amen. After the service today, we're going to have a lunch at the Institute, and all are very much welcome. Those who pre prepared it will be most disappointed if no one turns up. But that's what happened in our Gospel reading today. The king threw a party, but people sent their apologies. They didn't bother to show now, Jesus had told this story, and like all good stories, he probably told it on a number of occasions and with different emphasis, with different twists according to the context of where he was and who he was addressing. I think perhaps we might be more familiar with Luke's telling of this story. The great and the good came out with all kinds of excuses why they couldn't attend the party. And, and some of them were very plausible. Someone had died, they needed to go and attend the funeral. And so the host sent out servants to bring in the poor, the crippled, the marginalised. Everyone was included, everyone was valued, everyone had their place at the table. I like Luke's version of this story. But Matthew's taken the story as something else. The party is the son's wedding. The prince, the king, had a son who was getting married. The highlight of the social occasion, you, of the social calendar, you might have thought. But again, when the invitations went out, the great and the good, they sent their apologies. They couldn't come along. But this time, the king was enraged because one or two had mistreated the servants even. So he sent in the troops 
and flattened the city. The name of the game was Vengeance and Violence. And afterwards, whoever was left, be they good or bad, was invited to what I would imagine would be a more sombre gathering. But even then, there is a twist. Because one of the guests hasn't had the chance to change. He hasn't got wedding dress on, with the dress appropriate to the wedding on. And so the king ejects him for making the faux pas of not dressing for the wedding. He's cast out into the outer darkness where there is gnashing of teeth. It all makes for an awkward reading, and yet maybe it's appropriate with world events, and especially in Gaza and Israel, in Ukraine. We're dwelling on violence. We're dwelling on vengeance. Jesus was talking to the religious leaders, implying that they were the ones who had rejected God's invitation. And so others had been chosen to attend the banquet instead, well and good. But Matthew was also addressing the early Christian communities in this gospel. And they would have been aware that Jerusalem had been conquered and destroyed, had been flattened to the ground by the Romans in 70 AD. And maybe some of them had interpreted that as divine punishment. Matthew maybe included this image of the king destroying the town, perhaps suggesting that to the, the people he was writing his gospel for, so they could imagine Jerusalem. Today in Gaza, there are scenes of utter destruction, of killing and death, of hospitals with no power and rapidly running out of drugs. Children being cradled in anguished parents' arms. But there are also images of Israeli communities where Hamas fighters ransacked and slaughtered. Scenes of violence and vengeance. The continuation of a cycle of hatred. As you know, I've visited Gaza on a number of occasions. I've visited some of the Israeli communities hit by Hamas. And they guilted a project in one of them several years ago. They have to break the cycle of violence and work ever for peace and reconciliation. But what about this guest who was bound and thrown into the outer darkness for wearing the wrong clothes? It all seems a bit harsh. This Sunday we're hoping to have this group photograph of the session. And I hope that they all dress accordingly. But no one will be thrown out for wearing the wrong thing. Last week on the radio I heard about a, a woman priest who was talking about her younger days and how as an assistant she was told to wear a dark suit for a bereavement call. But she didn't have such a thing. She didn't have much money so she was hunting around charity shops for something appropriate. 
these days, people come to church as they are and are welcomed as they are. But what is Matthew getting at here? I think we have to remember in the the, the epistles, Paul often encourages the, the early church to clothe themselves with compassion, with patience, with love. And that's what this guest had failed to do. The guest had come to the, the feast, but he remained the same. He wasn't changed. For many people who came, being in the presence of God changes them. They want to become something better. But this guest just remained the same. And maybe that's why he was treated so harshly. We can look at the reading from Philippians, which is about rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But also, it goes on in this lovely few verses, encouraging Christians to focus on what is true and noble, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, to focus on the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly. We have to take that to heart. It can be depressing looking at the news, seeing how much suffering there is in the world through wars, through disasters affected by our changing climate. We wonder what is next. can often dread the next news bulletin. I certainly do with Gaza. But perhaps we need to focus on the good and noble around and clothe ourselves with God's compassion and love. God invites us to a feast and all are welcome. The dress code is to be clothed in compassion and love. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing together the hymn 165, Praise to the Lord for the Joys of the Earth. Let us pray. Lord God, you created the world and you saw that it was good. Today at harvest time, we lift our eyes from the pavement and the floor to look with fresh awareness to the world that you gave us. Open our hearts, good Lord, to see the riches and the wonder that you give to your children. 
food to sustain their bodies, marvellous sights and sounds to feed their minds, beauty and love to fill their souls. Open our hearts, good Lord, until they overflow with happiness and thanks for all the gifts you give us in the world. And sweep them clean of petty grumbles. Open our hearts to offer you a rich and fitting harvest, not only of praise, but of our very lives, lived in the way that you intended human lives to be. Lord God, at harvest time we pray for those whose lives are still endured in deserts with no hope of harvest. We pray for those who live in barren places where the rains fail and the cattle starve. Pray for them and ask for grace to see the action that they, they should that should follow from our prayer, to see what we can do and then do it. We pray for those who live in devastated and polluted places, ruined by war and human stupidity. Especially pray for the situation in Israel and Palestine. We think of those in Gaza, especially the innocents, the children, who hunger, who have no electricity, no food, no water. We pray for those whose deserts are caused by disease, whose bodies burn with pain and fever, whose arms are weak, and those who dedicate their lives to caring for them. Pray for those trapped in the desert of a damaged mind, caught in the sand of fear, unable to tell the difference between reality and mirage, lost and fast losing hope of finding their way. We pray for them and ask for grace to see the actions that should follow from our prayer, to see what we can do and then do it. Lord God, you commanded long ago that part of every harvest should be set aside to feed the poor and the foreigner. Help us to bring the riches of harvest to your children who have nothing. Pray especially for the work of the food bank. And pray for the that you people in need will know that they are loved and valued. Finally, we pray for the harvest of the church. Teach us to see in every human spirit as should that you planted with all the love that you put into creation. Help us to understand the patient work of nurturing precious souls so that they flourish and shine and grow towards perfection. Give us humility and patience. Forgive us when we fail and guide our hearts and our mouths to give good care of the souls around us in this parish and in our world. That the harvest fills the granaries of heaven and not one is lost. In Jesus' name, Amen. And we finish our harvest season with the hymn 229, We Plough the Fields and Sky.
And so go in peace, people of God, and may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you this harvest time and even forevermore. Amen.